Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Aris Zukanayan. Now church, we are now in a brand new year, 2021. And how many of you agree with me, like we have always been saying, 2020 has been like what many of you young people would use this term as bruh. 2020 has been really bruh. Okay, right? But at the same time, like what Pastor shared last year during the end of the year-end service, he said it doesn't matter what you have gone through last year or the condition that you and I are in this year. How many of you agree with me? What matters is that regardless of any situation that you are in today, God still has a purpose for you. And purpose is very important. Because purpose will guide you. Purpose will guide you to not give up on what you have lost last year. And last year has been a terrible year. Has been a very difficult year. Many of us lost something. Some of us gained some things. But still, purpose will guide you, right, to not give up on what you have lost last year into a brand new hope and a determination to try again this year in 2021. How many of you can say amen? Purpose will give you hope. Purpose will cause you not to give up. To believe 2021 can be a good year for you and I. Now church, that purpose, like what pastor shared last week, is given through us through a vision from God. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want to add on to what pastor shared last week. And I believe that last week, when Pastor gave to us the vision of 2021, he was, technically speaking, laying again the foundations of our life and the foundations of our church. And it starts with us cultivating Christ-likeness in us, individually and collectively. Who can say amen? So I want to add on to what he shared last week, and that is we need to have a vision of Jesus. You see, when you have a vision of Jesus, when you have a vision, you have a purpose. And when you have a purpose, it will give you hope. It will give you strength. It will give you determination to not give up this year. What you have lost last year, God can turn it around for our good this year. You need to have that purpose. And that purpose comes from where? Comes from a vision. And that's why today I want to talk to you about the vision of Jesus. You know what, church? We just passed the Christmas season and the story of Christmas is still very fresh in our mind. Remember, how did the angel persuade Mary and Joseph to not give up on their mission? So God gave them a vision and they were very afraid of that vision and the angel encouraged them to not give up. And how did the angel do it? The Bible says to Mary, the angel said in Luke chapter 1, Verse 29 to verse 32. I want you to look at, your, look at your verse in Luke chapter 1, 29 to verse 32. The angel said to Mary, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. But the angel said to her, right, You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus and he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high God. Do you notice, church? The angel told Mary, don't be afraid, right? God has favor on you. You have found favor in God's eyes. City Harvest Church, how many of you know that you and I are highly favored? You have favor in the eyes of God. But take note, despite having the favor of God in her life, that favor did not excuse her from the inconvenience that she had to endure doing the virgin birth. See, the Harvest Church, you and I can be favor. You and I have favor in the eyes of God. But that favor will not excuse you from the difficulties and the sufferings and the inconveniences that all of us have to go through because of the pandemic. Who can say amen? That's why the angel told Mary, don't give up. Even though it is difficult, But God's favor is on you. You know what, church? Many of our members that I talked to at the end of the last year experienced great favor towards the end of last year. 
You know what? In spite of all the difficulties they had to go through, the pandemic and the economic downturn, all of them still say this to me. They experienced great favor and towards the end of last year, experienced blessing more than 2019. But still, at the beginning of the circuit breaker, that favor did not excuse them, did not avoid them from having to go through crisis, from having to go through difficulty, from having to go through many sleepless nights of fear and doubt of how they're going to put you know, food at the table because all the Singaporeans have wiped out all the food in the supermarket. Hallelujah, right? And how are they going to wash up because the toilet rolls are all used up. Hallelujah, right? Many of them have to go through many nights you know, of doubts, many nights of thinking. Some of them had to pivot. Some of them have to adapt. Some of them have to make changes. Some of them had to let go all the things that they have been blessed with in 2019 in order for them to experience survival in 2020. But yet, despite of all the difficulties that they had to go through during the circuit breaker, the favor of God is still on you. And as a result, the Bible says, right, like what Mary said over here, you will ultimately give up to Jesus. They experience salvation. You know what, church? That's exactly what the angel was trying to do to encourage Mary not to give up. And how did the angel do that? The angel pointed Mary to Jesus. The angel told Mary, have a vision of Jesus. Because when you have a vision of Jesus, you will not give up. How many of you can say amen? You see, church, this is exactly what, happened, what will happen to you. When you have a vision of Jesus, you will say ultimately like what Mary said. She said ultimately in verse 38, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Church, what is the lesson that I want to bring to you today? Listen to this. When you have a vision of Jesus in your life, it will enable you to look beyond your self-limitations and to start seeing the possibility of doing the impossible things of your life. Come on, let's give Jesus a big round of applause. Amen. When you have a vision of Jesus, it will cause you to stop looking inward. It will cause you to stop looking inwardly at your own self-limitation, you know, at your own sufferings. And you will start seeing outward. Looking up, you will start having hope. You will start seeing the possibility that what you have lost last year, God can turn it around for your good this year. And that's exactly what will happen to you when you have a vision of Jesus. Now friends, it didn't just happen to Mary. It happened also to her husband, Joseph. You see, the angel said to Joseph, Matthew chapter 1, 2021, after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. City Harvest Church, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. Listen, to Joseph, the angel simply told him the purpose behind his pain. The angel didn't encourage him like how he encouraged Mary. You are highly favored. No, 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 no. The angel said, listen, just bite the bullet and go through it. There is a purpose behind your pain. How many of you can say amen? And how did the angel, right, encourage Joseph to not give up? Again, the angel pointed Joseph to Jesus. And when Joseph had a dream of Jesus, had a vision of Jesus, that through his suffering, he will give birth to Jesus the salvation of the world, his salvation. What did the Bible say? He trusted God and he trusted God to go through the inconveniences with Mary to ultimately give birth to Jesus, the Savior of the world. He ultimately find the strength and the courage to not give up and to continue on with the purpose of God in his life. And ultimately, he experienced salvation as well. Guys, despite of favor you have, or maybe you are like Joseph, you experienced terrible loss in 2020. But I can tell you this, while others obtained favor, you suffered pain and terrible loss. But if you can get the same vision and dream of Jesus today in your current situation, you will stop having a pity party 
How many of you can say amen? You will stop looking inward. You will stop having a pity party. And you will stop having a jealous party. You know what is a jealous party, right? Oh man, how come that guy is more favored than me? No, the favor of God is on everyone who can say amen. And you will stop looking inward. And you will start looking outward. You will begin to see there is hope. There is determination. There is strength. There is courage. That if I don't give up, God can turn 2021 to be a year of blessing for me. Come on, give Jesus a big round of applause. Amen. When you have a vision of Jesus in your life, it will enable you to look beyond your self-limitations to start seeing the possibility of doing the impossible things in your life. How many of you are ready for 2021 for God to turn your situation around? How many of you are ready for this year you know, to be lifted up in faith? How many of you can say amen? Yeah. You see, church, can you see that by having a vision of Jesus, by having a vision of Jesus, they both experience renewed grace, renewed strength, renewed hope to step out in faith again, to believe God again, to trust God again, and to try again, and to not be afraid of venturing into new ground. You may have lost your job, but you are not afraid to try a new one, even though it is a new industry. You are not afraid of doing it one more time, believing in God one more time, even while still experiencing or struggling with fear and doubt in your mind. Listen, church, have a vision of Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, have a vision of Jesus. But the question that we have today is this in my sermon. Pastor Aris, you talk about vision of Jesus, vision of Jesus, vision of Jesus. What do you mean by having a vision of Jesus? The question we have today is this. What do you mean? to have a vision of Jesus in our life that will enable us, empower us to stop looking inside us or our self-limitation and to start looking outwardly to see the possibility of doing the impossible things in God. How many of you can say amen? What do you mean by having a vision of Jesus? Ah, I'm glad you asked. Listen, City Harvest Church, getting a vision of Jesus is to see is to have a revelation what Jesus has done for you and what He has become on your behalf in your current situation. Let me say it one more time. Having a vision of Jesus is to be able to see, is to have an image and that image becomes your image, right? And to be able to see and have a revelation of what Jesus has done for you and what He has become on your behalf. How many of you can say amen? What Jesus has done for you and what He has become on your behalf. Listen, church. Many years back, long, long time ago in Bethlehem, when I was only a young, full-time staff zone supervisor, Pastor Kong was training all of us to be able to speak on stage confidently. Back then, all the confident speakers in City Harvest Church, they are all females. All the males, right? We are not confident at all speaking on stage. So Pastor Kong decided to train us, right? And to give us opportunity. One day, he decided to give me the opportunity to practice, right? Speaking on stage confidently by giving an announcement. And he gave me a platform, an opportunity. Of all the services in the world, he chose me to give an announcement during a service where we have two great guest speakers. Do you know who were the guest speakers then? Brian and Bobby Houston. So Brian and Bobby Houston were standing right in front of me, first row. Pastor Kong said, Grace, you do the offering today. Hey, sorry, not offering, announcement. Guys, the moment I saw Brian Houston and Bobby Houston faces, right? Immediately, I was intimidated. And when I was intimidated, right, I lost my train of thoughts. I was supposed to do uh, announcement. I lost my train of thoughts and I started to speak mumbo-jumbo. I started to speak rubbish. And I really do not know what I'm talking about. My announcement doesn't make sense. 
And you know what? Guess what? Not only it shows in my, in my speech, it shows also in my demeanor. Do you know I was shaking? When I was holding the microphone, my hands were shaking. Guess what? Thank God, Jesus rescued me. But Jesus was not the one who rescued me. It was Pastor Kong that came up to the stage and pushed me aside and take away the microphone from me and said, thank you very much, Reese. I take over right now. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Now guys, when I used to say and relate this story to people back then, long time ago, I used the term, it was one of the most humiliating events of my life. But after 20 over years in ministry, I am humiliated many, many times. So I changed the term today. It was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And you know what? I was thinking to myself, I'm such a failure. But praise the Lord, Pastor Kong never gave up on us. Guess what? He brought all of us, the zone supervisor, to Sweden for our conference in Pastor Ove's church, Word of Life Church in Uppsala. And you know what? He showed me and he told me, Grace, I want you to observe. Do you notice all the Bible school, Bible school students there, they were only 17, 18 years old. And during the conference, they were given an opportunity to stand on stage, to give an offering, to make an announcement. You look, this guy over here, 17 years old. Do you notice when he holds the mic, he didn't shake? <laughs> do you notice, right? Even though, right, we do not know what he's talking about because he's speaking in Swedish, but he was speaking very confidently. And he was very long-winded, but he was speaking very confidently. And just because, right, he was long-winded, but because he was speaking confidently, people listened. You know what? That day, I began to see for the very first time a 17-year-old, much younger than me, able to stand on stage speaking confidently with no stage fright. That's what happened to me. When you see a model, when you see someone has done the feat before you, and when you see someone younger than you can do it, do you know that day something happened inside me? Something inside me began to arise and say, if he can do it, I also can do it. And do you know, after that day, ever since that day, the moment I, we touched down Singapore, I never had any stage fright anymore. Come on, give God a big round of applause. When you can see what Jesus has done for you, what He has become on your behalf, it will put faith inside you to arise and to look beyond yourself to say, nothing shall be impossible before the Lord. How many of you can say amen? How many of you can say amen? Come on, those of you 2 p.m. on site, how many of you can say amen louder? Come on, give God a big hand. Get a vision of Jesus. Now, you must not get a vision, you know, right, of someone else. You got to have a vision of Jesus. What He has done for you and what He has become on your behalf. And that's what we need to learn today. Number one, number one, seeing what Jesus has become on your behalf. Now, church, in order for me, right, to explain this to you, I want to show you through the story of Hannah. Somebody say with me, Hannah. But church, you and I know the story of Hannah. She was barren and had been wanting to have a child. Years after years of praying and waiting, bore no fruits. And she was getting really frustrated and despondent. Now, look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. Let's pick up the story from here. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zufite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Now church, each time you read this verse, many of you will say, Pastor, how come the Bible endorses polygamy, having two wives? Guys, just because the cultural you know, season of that time can accept it, does not mean God is pleased with it. How many of you can say amen? And besides, if you read the entire Bible, every man who has two wives lives miserable lives. 
You don't believe, you read it. It's true. Every man who has two wives lives miserable life. One wife, one happy life. Two wives, three miserable lives. Hallelujah, right? So don't do that. Now, year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh. He will give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and all her sons and daughters. Now look at verse 5. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year, whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord. Her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Get that. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? No, church. Hannah had, got, had to go through year after year, right, of being ridiculed, right, of being, you know, you know, of being looked down. Now, after so many years, after so many years of feeling frustrated and sadness, Hannah was so overwhelmed with discouragement and sadness that until one day, she decided to herself, enough is enough. City Harvest Church, how many of you can say inside you and say, enough is enough? It's time for me to have my situation turn around. Who can say amen? Now, so what did she do? Look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, 9, 11. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Somebody say with me, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. Now church, the word Hannah stood up in one of the Hebrews' translation is actually a phrase. That, mean, that means Hannah raised herself up. So it has a meaning of saying Hannah begins to take charge of her life. So that day, it's more than just standing up from the chair. That day, she decided to stand up. Once and for all, she decided to pick herself up. She, she, she decided to say, I have enough. She decided to be decisive. No more life is going to happen to me. No more self-pity. No more feeling sorry for myself. How many of you can say amen? I am ready to be radical and to do something radical for my life. To turn this situation around. And do you know what is the most radical thing that she did? Guess what? She prayed. Hallelujah. Do you know that the most radical thing that you can do this year to turn your life around is to pray? Who can say amen? <laughs> to pray, right? Now, but this prayer is more than just a simple prayer. She prayed a very great prayer. How did she pray? Look at this. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you'll only look on your servant's misery and Remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. Now church, what is so decisive or radical about this prayer? Because when you read this verse, at first, it sounded like she was bargaining with God. And for many of us Christians, if we are not careful when we read this verse, we think that this is the way for us to go about our faith journey. In order for God to bless me, I need to do something first for Him. Listen, church, you think that Hannah was bargaining with God, but I can tell you this, it is not in the nature of God to bargain with you because God is not a trader, He is a giver. God is not a businessman. He is a giver. A businessman bargains, a trader bargains, but a giver, regardless of what you can give to him, he is a good God. He loves you and he will always give more than what you have required. So the way to go about your faith journey is not to bargain with God. Don't say, Lord, beginning of 2020, I promise you, I will fast 40 days, 40 nights. And Lord, if I do that, whore, Right, by June, ho, amen, right? Okay, right, give me $1 million, right? Give me my, 
uh, my life partner, right? Give me, okay, right, Chris Hemworth as my husband. Hallelujah, right? I can tell you this, church. If that's how you think your faith journey is like, you are wrong. Because God is not a trader. God is a giver. He is a giver of life. No, church, it wasn't bargaining. If you think that Hannah's prayer was bargaining with God, it wasn't. How do we know that it wasn't a bargaining prayer? Ah, because, look at verse 17. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Now she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. And early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife, Hannah. And the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son, named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Church, if she had been bargaining with God, the order of events would have happened like this. First, she prayed. And then, she must get pregnant. How many of you can say amen? Right? First, she prayed. And then, she must get pregnant. And then, she will have peace and joy. Ah, because finally, I bargain successfully with God. I honor my word. God honor my word. Now, I have peace. How many of you can say amen? But this is not what happened to Hannah. The Bible says this. The order of event instead turned out like this. First, she prayed. Secondly, the Bible says she started eating. She started not feeling miserable anymore. Remember earlier the verses we read? Because she didn't have a child, she wouldn't want to eat. Her face was always miserable. Why? Because there was no child. But this time, it's different. After she finished praying, she started eating. Cha hood. Martabak hood. Okay, right. Wantan bee also eat. Everything also eat. She are no longer miserable. She's no longer miserable. She's happy. Her face is no longer downcast. And because she obtains peace first, Finally, she gets pregnant. That means the pregnancy doesn't determine her joy. God determines her joy. That means the outcome doesn't determine her joy. The outcome doesn't determine her peace. God is the source of her joy. God become the source of a peace. Now church, this is radical, radical because essentially she began to change her prayer from Lord, my life, I've always wanted to have a child for me. But now I realize I still want to have the joy of having a child. But now it's no longer for me. Now it's for you. And when she says for you, essentially what this prayer means is this. Lord, I've always wanted to have a child, but I no longer want to be enslaved by the thoughts of having a child, thinking that a child will give me happiness, will give me fulfillment. Instead, today, Lord, I realize you are my happiness. You are my fulfillment. My status, my happiness, and my esteem are not found in having this child. It is found in you. And the joy of having a child cannot substitute you, God. You, oh God, is a perfect substitute and completion to that joy of having a child. You see, church, what happened to Hannah? She put God in place of having a child when she realized that Jesus has now become her joy, her source of joy, her source of fulfillment, her source you know, of, 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 of happiness, the thought of having a child no longer enslaved her. 
she is set free. And friends, when you are set free, you are burden free. And when you are burden free, you can once again enjoy life. She once again enjoy her life, her marriage, her time with her husband, and she made love with the husband freely and enjoying the process of it. And before you know it, the next day, God did His work and she became pregnant. Come on, God. Come on, let's give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah, right? You know what, church? When she realized Jesus, God, has become the source of joy, happiness, and fulfillment for her. This also means, however, God, you want to answer this prayer for me, it's fine. Whether or not you answer or don't answer, it no longer affects me. It no long, I no longer insist it has to be answered my way. I now trust in you, and I now know you are the source of everything in my life. You have become my joy. You have become my fulfillment. You have become my happiness instead of the thought of having a child. And the moment Hannah was set free from that thought, she found herself completely burden-free to once again enjoy life and believe God for her best according to God's way, not according to her way. Have a vision of Jesus. See what He can become in your life instead of the very thing that you crave for in life. How many of you can say amen? Let's give God one more big round of applause. Have a vision of Jesus. See what Jesus has become on your behalf. Now, that's number one. Point number two, seeing what Jesus has done for you. And from here, I want to share with you from the story of Abraham. Somebody say with me, Abraham. Now, church, Abraham was the same. Feeling discouraged seeing that he was getting older and it was more and more impossible to have a child. So what happened in Genesis chapter 15? Look at verse 1, 8 to 10. He says this, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord. So he was still respectful, but he was discouraged. <laughs> Many of us, are in a dilemma. We respect God, but we are discouraged because God is not fulfilling the desires of our heart. But from here we learn, always stay respectful. How many of you can say amen? God is still a sovereign Lord. He said, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? Now church, look at this. When Abraham, like Mary, was too consumed with his own weaknesses, failure and mortality, fear and struggle, he could only see his own limitation. He could not see the possibility of doing the impossible things in God. He could not see beyond himself because you know what? The situation is so self-consuming that he is able, he's unable to see beyond himself. He's unable to look up, to lift up his head and to see God. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. How many of you can say amen? He couldn't. Because he's too consumed with his problems. And that's what happened to many of us. So what did God do to encourage him to have hope? To not give up? Ah, look at what the Bible says. The next verse. So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, goat and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abraham brought all these to him. Cut them in two and arranged in the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. Now look at this verse. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a theophany happened. That means God appearing in a form of physical appearance. A smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared. This is God appearing in this form and passed between the pieces. And on that day, the Lord himself made a covenant with Abraham and said, to your descendants, I will give this land. What did God do when Abraham was feeling despondent, looking at himself, a failure, cannot see the possibility of doing great things for God? God gave him a vision. What kind of vision? He gave him a picture. Now, I give you, I'm giving you a vision. This is what happened. Now, what happened is this. 
God gave him a vision or a picture of how he would honor his word. What did he do? He himself appeared in a physical appearance, came among the animal pieces, right? And showed Abraham that he was identifying with the animals that was being sacrificed for this covenant. This means God is making a vow to Abraham saying, I will bless you by becoming the animals that will cut up to pieces and sacrifice on your behalf. What was God doing? He was giving Abraham a vision. Now you and I know, Abraham back then cannot see what kind of vision this is. But you and I know today, what is this vision all about? How many of you agree with me? This is a vision of Jesus. That one day, He is going to be the lamb that was slain. The animal that will be cut up to pieces, nailed to the cross, sacrificed on your and my behalf. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham can come to us regardless of what you can do for God. That day, God gave a vision for Abraham to show him, Abraham, this is how I will keep my word for you. It is not going to be by your own strength. It is not going to be by your own might. That even if you're faithless, even if you stop believing, I will be the animal cut up on your behalf. And because I am the animal that will cut on your behalf, I will still do it for you. I will still bless you because it is regardless of what you can do for me. It is all because of Jesus Christ that have paid the price for you and me. Come on, let's give Jesus a big round of applause. Hallelujah. God was showing Abraham that day. He will be the animals. He will be Jesus. That by Him dying on the cross for you and me, regardless of what you can do for God, God will still honor His promise to you. Not because of you, but because of Jesus. That He is the one going to be your promise keeper, way maker, miracle worker. How many of you can say amen? Yeah, hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Come on, those of you watching us via YouTube, say amen. Write it down, amen. You see, that's how much God will go through the distance in order to honor His word to Abraham to the point of death through Jesus Christ. You see, church, when Abraham saw that, when Abraham saw this picture, he saw a vision of Jesus. He saw a vision that this promise that God had made to him is not going to be based on my own strength. It's not going to be based on what I can do for God. But it's all based on what Jesus has done for you and for me. And as long as I put my faith onto Jesus and stop putting my faith on my own strength, I know the promise will eventually come to pass. You know what, church? That day, Abraham saw that vision of Jesus. What Jesus can do for you. What Jesus can do for him on the cross. He has finished all the works that is needed so that you and I can experience the blessing of Abraham in your life. How many of you can say amen? And the moment Abraham saw that, it became a source of inspiration for him to stop looking at himself and to stop looking up and start seeing the possibility of the impossible in the eyes of God. You know what, church? Abraham began to stop putting his faith in his own strength. And he began to put his faith completely unto the Lord. And that gave him the strength to keep hoping, to keep believing, and to not give up until finally Isaac was born to him and Sarah. See the Harvest Church. See the substitute to your pain and your struggle today. Stop looking at your own limitation and start looking at what Jesus has done for you on the cross. 
the author and the finisher of our faith. How many of you can say amen? And when you begin to do that, when you begin to have a revelation and see what Jesus has done for you, there is nothing that He will not do for you. If you can see that, and it can, it can become reality inside you, the dominant reality in your heart and in your mind, you will step out of depression. You will step out of darkness and go into His marvelous light. You will believe. You know God still has a purpose for you. You know that despite of the failures and the mistakes you make in life, it is not fatal. It is only a beginning that God can always turn it around for your good, for our church, for yourself, for your family, for your career, for your business in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give God a big round of applause. Come on. Those of you on site, give God a big hand. Online, in your room, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. You know what, church? Have you ever wondered, why is it that Abraham named his son Isaac, which means laughter? Funny, right? Have you ever thought about it? I mean, after what Abraham had to go through to eventually have Isaac, shouldn't you name him something more appropriate? Something more faith-filled? More power-packed? More prayerful kind of name? Why is it Isaac, which means laughter? <laughs> Somehow it's not appropriate to the journey that Abraham had to go through, right? To finally get Isaac. Come on, why don't name this son Victor? Wow, shows a lot, right? Why not name this, name this son? Have you heard about this Hebrew name? Very good Hebrew name. Wait long, long but sure. Hallelujah. Have you heard this Hebrew name? Wait long, long but sure. Many of you maybe do not get it, but it is a name. Hallelujah, right? Why don't name him Godiva? God Diver. God Diva. God Diva. Or Xiao on God. You know, 100% for God. Name him something more appropriate. Why laughter? And then I realized this. Laughter is a reaction when there is a sudden, unexpected turn of event. That when things are going bad, 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 bad. And then suddenly, out of the blue, unexpected, you do not know, God came through. And suddenly, in a twinkling of an eye, that event is turned around to become your best event of your life. And when it happened, what will you do? You will laugh, isn't it? You will finally laugh. That's exactly what happened to Abraham. Because all these years, it is not about his faith strength, but it is about him not giving up. And every time he made failures after failures, every time he made disappointment after disappointment, bad, 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 suddenly, unexpectedly, not knowingly, suddenly, dear, my pregnancy kid is positive. You will be shocked. And you say, oh, is that real? There is a sudden turn of events. And when there is a sudden turn of events, he laughed. Because Psalms 30 verse 11, you turn my mourning into dancing and you turn my sorrow into joy. That will produce Isaac and laughter in your life. Come on, give God a big hand. Hallelujah. City Harvest Church, that's what I feel that God wants to do in your life and in my life this year in 2021. Don't give up. An unexpected turn of event will happen. Laughter will be in our mouth again. It has been a sad 2020, but with Jesus, when you have a vision of Him in our life, what do you mean by that? What He has done for you, what He has become on your behalf, it will enable you to look beyond your self-limitation, mistakes or failures of the past to start seeing the possibility of doing the impossible things again this year in 2021. Let's start the year full of faith, full of hope. At the end of this year, we will laugh again. You will turn my mourning into dancing and you will turn my sorrow into joy. Come on, have a vision of Jesus. Give God a big hand. Woo!
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. One more time, give God a big hand. Those of you online, write it down. I will laugh again. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Laugh at yourself. Hallelujah. Right. Praise the Lord. Why don't we all stand up on our feet? And I want City Worship to just lead us in this worship song. You know, I want you to just open up your hearts, even though you cannot sing. I want you to engage the Spirit and ask Jesus, Jesus, give me a vision of you. Give me a vision of you. Give me a vision of what you have become, what you can do, what you have done for me. Set me free in Jesus' mighty name. Lift up your hands and worship Him. Come on. Pray, pray, pray in the Spirit. You can pray in the Spirit. Underneath that mask, I want you to pray in the Spirit. Give me a vision. Give me vision. Give me wisdom. Give me the finish, the vision of the finished work of the cross. Give me a vision of what you have become on my behalf. Thank you, Jesus. All together now. Christ-likeness in your character. Friends, when you cultivate Christ-likeness in your character, you're setting the foundation, the right foundation for Jesus to come into your life. And that's why the next thing that you and I must have is to have a vision of Jesus in your life today, what He has done for you, what He has become for you, so that God will give you a purpose, so that you will not give up on yourself, on your life, on your career. What you have lost in 2020, God can turn it around in 2021. How many of you want to have a vision of Jesus today? Amen. If that is you, I want you to just lift up your hands. Amen, right? That's right. Those of you online, if that is you, also lift up your hands. Put your hands on your heart. And I want you to just say this prayer together with me and say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I want to have a vision of you. I want to have a vision of you. What you have done for me. What you have done for me. On the cross. On the cross. Give me a revelation. Give me a revelation. So that I will stop so that I will stop depending on my own strength depending on my own strength I will I will do my best I will do my best I will be hard working I will be hard working but I will not be enslaved but I will not be enslaved dear Jesus dear Jesus give me a vision give me a vision what you have become what you have become on my behalf on my behalf my joy my joy my fulfillment my fulfillment my happiness my happiness is not found in money it's not found in money in success in success in life partner in life partner or the success of my children 
But it's found in you. But it's found in you. You are my source of joy. You are my source of joy. Give me strength. Give me strength. So that I can rise up. So that I can rise up. Beyond my limitation. Beyond my limitation. To believe. To believe. 2021. 2021. It will be a turnaround year. It will be a turnaround year. For my, for me. For me. My, myself. Myself. My family. My family. My career. My career. My children, my children, my church, my church. In Jesus' name, in Jesus I want you to pray in the next 30 seconds for yourself. Just begin to pray in the spirit. Those of you watching us online, pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Jesus, have a vision of Jesus. Have a vision of Jesus. All together now. vision, right? That this year will be a year of laughter for us. You know what? Laughter is when there is a sudden turn of events from bad to good. And that's what God wants to do in your life. Continue to have faith in God. Continue to believe in God. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on others. Stay in God and you will end this year laughing your year around. Hallelujah. Thank you. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 